VCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. And good afternoon. Welcome to Crosstalk here on VCY America. And uh, friends, we're going to shake up the week just a little bit here today because uh, we're going to be having a news roundup day here today in light of the fact that uh, Christmas is coming up here early next week at the time that we celebrate uh, the Savior's birth. Actually, that's something that's celebrated every day, isn't it? Uh, as we are thankful for the salvation that uh, came through Jesus Christ. Uh, we're going to end the week more on a positive note, so we are having our news roundup day here today on the program, and uh, we trust that you'll be able to stay tuned here for the broadcast as we cover a number of stories and issues that have been making news here this week. But even as we do, friends, uh, we see the troublesome times in which we live, uh, the times in which uh, point to us the, uh, how badly we did need for the Savior to come, and certainly our prayer that there would be many who come to faith in Jesus Christ even this Christmas season. Well, friends, we're going to get right into our roundup today. Our thanks to Sandy for getting things all prepared for us. And uh, we've got uh, Cheryl will be on the phones today. Thankful for Dennis and the Master Control here as well, and for our team here at VCY America. Uh, everyone, just a true blessing to us. We're going to begin, though, with some of the uh, starking news here from this week here, and that is, and this uh, numerous outlets reporting, of course, regarding the Colorado Supreme Court, they actually came upon a disqualification for Donald Trump to be on the ballot in the state of Colorado. They are quoting the 14th Amendment. This was a four to three decision by this court. Uh, three dis- justices did send, uh, dissent on that court. But uh, looking at FoxNews.com, the Colorado Republican Party planning to withdraw from the state's primary election and more, move to a caucus system if the ruling against former President Trump stands. A state GOP spokesperson made the remark on social media following the video posted by GOP candidate uh, Ramaswamy in which he pledged to withdraw if the Colorado Supreme Court's Tuesday disqualification of Trump is sustained. Very interesting indeed, and uh, we understand that appeal is going before the United States Supreme Court. Um, also, what's being reported here by LifeSiteNews.com, the lieutenant governor of California is calling for President, uh, former President Trump to be barred from California's ballot on the primary in light of what transpired in California. And uh, Wednesday, the lieutenant governor there wrote a letter to California's secretary of state to explore following Colorado's lead to disqualify Trump from the ballot. Wow. Uh, And it's not going to stop there either. Uh, Washington Journal is reporting Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick suggested the chaos at the border could be grounds to remove Biden from the state's 2024 ballot. Maybe we should take Joe Biden off the ballot in Texas for allowing 8 million people to cross the border since he's been president, disrupting our state far more than anything else uh, anybody else uh, had done in our recent history. Uh, also, the lieutenant governor noted the 10,000-plus migrants crossing the border every single day day. The Daily Signal telling us that Senator Marco Rubio posted Tuesday evening on X that the U.S. has put sanctions on other countries for doing exactly what the Colorado Supreme Court has done. I mean, folks, can we mention countries like Venezuela and Belarus and Nicaragua and and Congo? And uh, yeah, the the question is, and and Marco Rubio posting this, that we put sanctions on countries that, that did this. Why are we doing this here? Friends, as we think about uh, what happened in Iowa, last week, of course, we carried the story about the satanic display at the Iowa State Capitol, and it's not just Iowa. The satanic temple has unveiled a new disturbing display at another state capitol. They, uh, this now in uh, Michigan, the state of Michigan at their state capitol. This is just days after the statue in Iowa was torn down. And uh, this is a display, too, that uh, uh, the members of the satanic uh, a group, uh, the Satanic Temple across Michigan, united to create their state holiday, uh, capital holiday display. The display includes two Yule goats, an old Nordic pagan tradition, with one featuring the skull of a goat, much like the Satanic Temple's logo, according to WILX News 10. And friends, we're seeing this. 
uh, really is, uh, is, is Jesus said, they're, they haven't rejected you. I mean, God told uh, uh, Samuel that. They've not rejected you. They've rejected me. And really, this is uh, a parallel that we are seeing here as well, that it's God whom they are rejecting. From townhall.com, a Pennsylvania school attempting to do damage control after issuing a memo instructing bus drivers to remove Christmas decorations from their vehicles and to stop wearing anything related to the holiday and to avoid playing Christmas music. Quote, if you have decorated your bus with any specific, anything specific to the Christmas holiday or any other decorations relating to a specific religion, please remove them immediately, read the December 15th memo from the transportation supervisor at the Wallingford Swarthmore School District. In addition, employees are instructed not to wear clothing related to Christmas or any other religious holiday. Interesting. It really is focused on Christianity. It's focused on Christmas. District offices and bus drivers are also told to refrain from playing Christmas music or any music connected to a particular religion. What about the religion of humanism? Libs of TikTok pointed out that the district took a different attitude during Pride Month. Indeed, they did. Let's change the topic here. Now looking at Israel, from worthynews.com, the Israel Defense Forces are repeatedly, uh, reportedly, that is, close to completing their ground offensive in the northern part of the Gaza Strip, having significantly dismantled the presence of Hamas battalions in the region. That's according to IDF spokesman Rear Admiral Daniel Higari. The IDF has taken control of a hidden underground network of tunnels that function both as a shelter for top Hamas leadership and as a passage to above-ground locations near Palestine Square in Gaza City. Regarding the Hamas tunnel network discovered beneath Palestine Square in Gaza, uh, the senior Hamas members directed the combat operations on October 7th from this area. Palestine Square, situated in the affluent Rimmel neighborhood of Gaza City, previously regarded as the hub of the enclave's elite, known as the residence area for uh, high-ranking officials from the terror group that governs the Strip. Now, the... Uh, JNS.org as well is reporting the Israel Defense Forces revealed on Sunday the discovery of the largest Hamas attack tunnel found to date. Located in the northern Gaza Strip, close to a border crossing, the military uncovered 2.5 miles, is 4 kilometers of the tunnel, that reached a depth of 50 meters, about 165 feet in some sections. It did not stretch into Israeli territory, but one of the shafts was found just a mere 440 yards approximately from the only pedestrian entry between Israel and the Strip. The tunnel has uh, several branches and junctions replete with plumbing, electricity, and communication lines, the Israeli Defense Forces said. From FoxNews.com, the head of a Gaza hospital has admitted to Israeli forces that the terror organization used his hospital to advance its military operations since the hospital is a safe place. Ahmad Kalat, the director of Kamal Adwin Hospital in northern Gaza, admitted in a bombshell interrogation with Israeli forces that Hamas used his hospital in, uh, for high-ranking military act- activists. Uh, because for them, the hospital is a safe place, he said while being asked about why they hide in hospitals. They won't be targeted when they're in hospitals. He uh, joined Hamas in 2010, holds a rank equivalent to a brigadier general, explained that he knew 16 hospital staffers, including doctors, nurses, paramedics, and clerks, who are also members of Hamas' military wing. Uh, he also explained that the medical facility turned military hub was used to house up to 100 high-ranking terrorists. They are the seniors, military and civilian officers, he explained. They had rooms which they hid in. They stayed there uh, 10 Days and then they changed places to a different place and then they left the hospital, he said. He also admitted that Hamas used an elaborate system of ambulances during the October 7th attack on Israel to transport hostages. Yeah, not the ill, not the sick. Matter of fact, when they approached Hamas about transporting those who had been wounded, Hamas refused, but instead they're transporting hostages. Israel National News reports IDF soldiers in Gaza managed to reach the home of the Hamas leader uh, Yahya Sinwar in, uh, shortly after he fled the scene. The house is one of his four homes, networked with 40 perimeter security cameras. In addition, the house had mirror windows for concealment and additional curtains. A soldier noticed that the flooring in one of the rooms in the house had a bit of grout missing, which raised his suspicion that something was under there and... 
He presses foot on the floor tiles and a hydraulic double door open leading to a bunker with escape routes outside. Also from the Jerusalem Post, suitcases with funds amounting to near, uh, well, the equivalent of our $1.3 million found in the home of a senior Hamas member, uh, the IDF reported. Additionally, many weapons were found by soldiers from the 551st Brigade in the Hamas member's home. Overall, the IDF struck uh, struck over 150 terrorist targets throughout the Gaza Strip uh, this past Sunday. From Israel National News, Sami Abu Zuri, a senior Hamas official and spokesman for the organization, has said that the terror group's leadership is steadfast in its decision to insist on a ceasefire in Gaza before holding negotiations on a new prisoner swap, which would see innocent Israeli hostages freed in exchange for convicted terrorists. Quoting senior sources in the various terror groups in Gaza, the paper also said that Israel offered a one-week ceasefire while the terror groups rejected this offer and demanded a permanent ceasefire. Meanwhile, Hamas leader uh, Ismail Haniyeh traveled to Cairo for the purpose of discussing a new prisoner swap. According to reports, Hamas is demanding the release of several high-ranking terrorists. But Hamas, no deal until the war ends, you must stop fighting And then we'll talk about releasing hostages. Kind of interesting uh, for that to take place. Uh, uh, Isn't this also, um, uh, you know, with Nehemiah in Scripture? You know, stop building that wall and come talk to us. Uh, Gatestone Institute reporting Hamas is currently fighting to keep on ruling Gaza in the opportunity to regroup, rearm, and destroy Israel, which is why it's pleading for a ceasefire. Hamas's eyes are now set on the Biden administration, the United Nations, which they hope will prevent Israel from stopping the Hamas reign of the uh, uh, reign of abuse. They say the grotesque irony, of course, is that no matter how careful Israel is to avoid civilian casualties, the more the West blames Israel for civilian deaths. And the more Hamas will place civilians in the line of fire in order to keep the international community blaming Israel. The Biden administration should be telling Hamas, not Israel, to minimize the number of civilian casualties. The real cause of these casualties, besides Hamas, is therefore actually the Biden administration, the U.N. and the international community. They incentivize Hamas to place their own people in harm's way to be killed, the more the better, so that anyone can... Uh, can then accuse Israel. The act of blaming Israel for the casualties that were orchestrated by Hamas is in fact what is causing them. Uh, Hamas can only be looking around and looking to themselves. Hey, it's working, so let's keep on doing it. This is from the Gatestone Institute. Uh, The message Biden is sending to the terrorists is, hold on, we are with you. We want to remove Netanyahu and his government from power. That's the message they say that, that he is giving in that regard. But the mounting pressure by the Biden administration on Israel to end the war, a sign that the U.S. does not want to see Hamas destroyed. We're going to uh, take a quick break here on Crosstalk for this uh, news roundup day, uh, Thursday, and uh, coming back with more stories on uh, coming out of Israel and the Middle East and uh, some other topic is, uh, topics as well. So quick break here. We'll be back in one minute. You're listening to Crosstalk coming your way from the VCY American Network. to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, scientist with the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, what kind of life lives in the deep ocean? Chris, we're just now beginning to explore the deep ocean. Recently, a very exotic form of life was discovered around seafloor vents, where superheated water bubbles out from the interior of the earth into the cold oceans. There's no light down there, but submarines have discovered much life around these vents. Evolutionists are quick to point out that this must be the kind of life that was the original life billions of years ago but not so fast. Recent research projects have shown that these pods of life around the seafloor vents are not old in any sense. They may be only a few thousand years old, not billions as required by evolution. And they certainly didn't spring to life from non-living chemicals. If it's living, God created it, and he did so back in Genesis. Thanks, Dr. John. For more information, visit us on the web at icr.org. I'm Chris O'Brien. Thanks for tuning in.
You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America, kind of a wrap-up of news for this week, so that uh, tomorrow we're looking forward to having a Christmas-related uh, program with you. We'll have some topics we'll be sharing with, uh, with you tomorrow. But uh, you know what is, is true? Why is the U.S. continuing to uh, press against Israel about uh, uh, being more uh, careful of, of civilians when it is Hamas that is purposely putting civilians in harm's way? Where is America's warning to Hamas to stop utilizing humans, people, as shields? So it's critically important for that message to go forth. And American Military News is reporting that the U.S. and the, its allies announced a multinational task force Monday that will address the issue of Houthis repeatedly launching attacks from Yemen against commercial vessels in the Red Sea. While touring the Middle East, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin released a statement Monday explaining that the multinational task force Operation Prosperity Guardian is going to include a number of nations like Canada, the UK, France, Italy, Norway, the Netherlands, Spain, other nations as well. The recent escalation in reckless Houthi attacks originating from Yemen threatens the free flow of commerce and dangerous innocent mariners and violates international law, Austin stated. The Red Sea is a critical waterway. That's been essential to freedom of navigation and a major commercial corridor that facilitates international trade. Uh, Jihad Watch saying that the Biden administration is obsessed with four post-war scenarios for Gaza. There are roughly four. Number one, Israel reclaims some measure of control over Gaza. Number two, Hamas remains in power. Or number three, the Palestinian Authority, another terror group, takes control over Gaza. Or number four, a U.N. peacekeeping force secures the area. Well, the EU and the Biden administration like options three and four. Having the PLO take over is a terrible idea, though, uh, reports Jihad Watch. The PLO will uh, will demand some sort of concessions like state recognition, a lot more money and weapons, and will end up cutting some deal with Hamas. But a U.N. force is almost a terrible idea. First, no Arab Middle Eastern nation is likely to go for it. Second, Israel has learned a long time ago that turning over security to the U.N. combined sheer uselessness with enemy collaboration. Interesting article at jihadwatch.org. Well, friends, now it is the Lincoln Memorial that was vandalized. Yes, the the steps going up to the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C., spray-painted with the words, Free Gaza. New York Post is reporting an extremist, Michigan cleric, whose hate-filled sermons were said to have inspired the London Bridge terrorist attack, has now called on American Muslims to wage jihad against the infidel West and blame the U.S., led by senile pharaoh, that's his words for the president, for what he called a genocide in Palestine. Ahmad Musa Jabril, a Islamist preacher born in Dearborn, is seen on videos posted on social media arguing that Muslims in the U.S. should turn away from what he described as a watershed down uh, American, I'm sorry, a watered down American Zionist Islam that ignores the idea of jihad. Yes, this is a holy war in Islam. It is jihad, he lectured in one post uh, that was uh, on X. This may be a surprise to many who grew up in the West, especially those who were born or grew up post 9-11 because of the growth number of hypocrites, uh, growing number of hypocrites who are spreading the American Zionist Islam. It has nothing to do with Islam, he said. That version of Islam is that Islam suits the enemies. You see, you take no Jew or Christian as your friend. Do not Befriend the infidels, according to Islam. The Daily Mail says an Islamist preacher has called for the final solution and for Muslims worldwide to unite and establish an army to defend Islamic countries against the West. Speaking at the El Medina Dawa Center in Bankstown, southwestern uh, Sydney, last Friday, a man known as Brother Mohammed raged about the ongoing war in Gaza saying this is true barbarity, this is the inhumane nature of this Israeli Zionist state. The Israeli-Palestinian conflict has to be a spark for the Muslim community and a spark to the final solution. Well, that term final solution used by the Nazis during World War II to describe their policy of exterminating Jewish people. And indeed, friends, the anti-Semitism across this globe has been escalating uh, just off the charts. Israel 365 News is reporting the Anti-Defamation League reported that since the Hamas massacre in Israel on October 7th, anti-Semitism has increased uh, dramatically around the world, but most markedly in the United States. 
The ADL reported 2,031 anti-Semitic incidents, including 40 incidents of physical violence, 749 verbal attacks, 337 cases of vandalism, and 905 rallies that featured anti-Semitic speech. That's up from 465 incidents during the same period in 2022 and represents the highest ever two-month number since the ADL started tracking anti-Semitism in this country since 1979, representing a 337% increase. From Newsmax.com, amid anti-Semitic protest and President Claudine Gay's inability to clearly condemn calls for Jewish genocide, Harvard has seen a 17% drop in early admission application, a four-year low for Harvard, and uh, very interesting indeed. I mean, it struggles to condemn anti-Semitism. More than 1,600 alumni have threatened to halt donations to Harvard, according to the New York Post. From the Daily Caller, the United States Capitol Police arrested nearly 60 people Tuesday for staging a protest in the U.S. Capitol Rotunda calling for a ceasefire in the Israeli Hamas conflict, the agency confirmed to the Daily Caller, pro-Gaza protests have been frequently held at the Capitol since October the 7th. Breitbart is reporting anti-Israel protesters who blocked the San Francisco Bay Bridge on November 16th also delayed several ambulances from delivering vital organs to transplant patients, a court heard Monday during its first trial of those arrested. The illegal protest took place during President Biden's visit during the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation, that's the APEC summit that took place. Washington Free Beacon tells us that a majority of young Americans want Israel to no longer exist, and it's land given to Hamas and the Palestinians, a poll released uh, last uh, Friday showed. 51% of voters ages 18 to 24 refer, or prefer Israel to be, quote, ended and turned over to the terror group and of the Palestinians. That's according to a poll of just over 2,000 registered voters from Harvard University and the Harris Poll. That was compared to with uh, 32% who wanted a two-state solution, 17% who wanted surrounding Arab states to absorb the Palestinians. Additionally, 67% of voters in that age group favored an unconditional ceasefire in the Israel-Hamas war, without any requirement that all hostages be released or Hamas give up power. Just the News is reporting that House Judiciary Committee Chair Jim Jordan Tuesday issued a subpoena to Attorney General Merrick Garland demanding he provide information on the DOJ's spying on congressional employees, alleging that uh, information has been withheld from Congress. From NBC News, the U.S. has reached a deal with the Venezuelan government to release an ally of President Nicolas Maduro in exchange for freeing 10 jailed Americans and a group of Venezuelan political prisoners. The Maduro ally, Alex Saab, is a Colombian businessman who was arrested in 2020 for his alleged role in a money laundering scheme that involved the bribery of Venezuelan government officials and some $350 million in Venezuelan assets. Among the Americans, the State Department said there are six who were being wrongfully detained. WND.com reporting Egyptian workers recently completed an 8 to 10 meter concrete border a border wall to keep out Palestinians. A security fence topped with barbed wire stands before the concrete wall, and a series of earthen beams are behind the concrete wall. Egypt is serious about its border security. Meanwhile, we have uh, over 10 million illegals that have walked across the border since Joe Biden took office. A story from the Center Square reports that Texas Governor Abbott has signed historic border security bills into law Monday, including making illegal entry from a foreign country a state crime. The Texas law is the first of its kind in the country, expected to be challenged in court, with many arguing that it is unconstitutional. He signed three border bills in front of the first wall Texas has ever built on the state soil that's south of Brownsville in the Rio Grande Valley. Governor Abbott is the first governor in the country to direct and allocate funding for the construction of a border wall on state soil. Also, we have from Western Journal, Texas has won a round in its court battle to keep Biden administration officials from cutting through barbed wire that the state had placed along the Rio Grande to keep out illegal immigrants. The state had appealed a lower court ruling issued uh, in November, letting federal agents cut the wire to allow illegal entry into Texas. The federal government has not only illegally destroyed property owned by the state of Texas, 
but it has also disrupted the state's border security efforts, leaving gaps in Texas's border barriers and damaging Texas' ability to effectively deter illegal entry into its territory, the state has argued. Well, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit issued an injunction against the federal government Tuesday, ruling that while Texas appeals its process, the wire it has strung can only can uh, only be cut if there is a medical emergency. Washington Examiner tells us in just 48 hours, authorities have encountered almost as many immigrants illegally attempting to enter the U.S. from Mexico as an entire month during the Obama or Trump administration. United States Customs and Border Protection released that uh, uh, data that federal law enforcement encountered 26,751 immigrants Monday and Tuesday Amid the unprecedented surge, the Washington Examiner examiner learned on Wednesday. And the Daily Caller tells us the immigration court backlog increased by a whopping one million cases in a single year as the surge at the southern border continues, according to a new report from the Syracuse University's Transactional Records Access Clearinghouse. Can you imagine that court docket one million backlog cases? And it increased by one million cases. Increased by that. It goes well beyond that. The New York Times is reporting several migrants confessed to the New York Post Friday that the uh, last Friday that the meals served up at the New York City asylum seeker shelters are so bad they just trash them. Some opting to sneakily cook in their rooms instead. Their claims of terrible food came a day after it was revealed thousands of uneaten taxpayer funded meals prepared for asylum seekers are tossed every single day. Very interesting indeed. Matter of fact, it comes after internal company records obtained by the New York Times revealed one company who serves meals to migrants across the city had to trash more than 70,000 wasted migrant meals between October 22 and November of 22. Amazing. 70,000 wasted meals. The food's too cold. We don't like that kind of food. Just the news reporting that federal, state, and city health officials have issued public health alerts about increases of communicable diseases as illegal border crossers arrive in their communities. Um, Earlier this year, the New York City Health Commissioner instructed New York health care providers to undergo several precautions and tests in light of an alarming trend of diseases spreading among illegal foreign nationals in New York City who arrived from the southern border. The CDC also issued an alert. Around the same time, saying for the second year in a row, TB disease. Cases in the U.S. have continued to rise. We also see the Illinois Department of Public Health launched a new phone line for syphilis consultations after the number of congenital syphilis cases in Illinois have nearly tripled since 2021. And according to the CDC, refugees and asylum seekers are not required to comply with vaccination requirements before coming to the U.S. However, they must comply when they apply to become lawful permanent residents. Wow. And uh, because of uh, Chicago restricting busing efforts into their city, Governor Abbott has begun flying migrants to Chicago after uh, the city has stopped this from taking place or somehow inhibiting the buses from coming in. Friends, I've got a few more stories we'll be sharing after the break, and then we'll be opening some phone lines for your comments today. You're listening to Crosstalk on the VCY American Network. The Bible says that life is but a vapor that's here for a short time and then vanishes away. Scripture also says, It's appointed unto man once to die, but after this, the judgment. Have you ever wondered what happens when you die? In the book, What Happens After Life, author Ron Rose provides a survey of the Bible's teachings about the afterlife. He tracks the destiny for those who know Christ as Savior and the destiny for unbelievers. He addresses numerous topics, such as the immediate state after death, believers and the judgment seat of Christ, unbelievers and the great white throne judgment, the new heavens and a new earth, the new Jerusalem, and so much more. He even tackles the question of what happens to infants, young children, and those mentally disabled as it relates to eternity. What Happens After Life is available for a donation of $15 or more by calling VCY at 1-800-729-9829. 1-800-729-9829. 
This is Crosstalk on VCY America. A few more stories we'd like to share with you today. And uh, then we'll be opening phone lines and, Lord willing, tomorrow having uh, closing off the week on a more positive note here with uh, some Christmas thoughts and uh, just taking a look at uh, what's happening around the world. And, uh, my, we're in a time of turmoil, are we not? And I'm so glad that the Prince of Peace came to this world and uh, people all across this planet need to know the Prince of Peace. Uh, it is uh, it, We need to have that not only... Uh, the, the peace of God, but in order to obtain that peace of God, we need to make peace with God. And uh, the Father did send his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to this earth, the Prince of Peace. We're so grateful for this. Let's see, coming from just the news, uh, just a couple more stories on the immigration issues, and that is the Georgia Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, uh, Sperger has uh, sounding the alarm that the crisis at the southern border may eventually cause an election integrity crisis in America, imploring lawmakers in Congress and his state legislature to pursue conditional, uh, 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 make that constitutional amendments to permanently ban non-citizen voting before liberal activists try to secure voting rights for the millions that are flooding into the country under President Biden. And friends, uh, just uh, the publication Law Enforcement Today reported that the LAPD, Los Angeles Police Department, is now swearing in police officers who are DACA recipients and entered the United States illegally. Think about that. Becoming an officer while you yourself broke the law to gain entry to this nation? Western Journal reporting Germany's highest court Tuesday ordered the 2021 national election to be partially repeated in Berlin because of several glitches at many polling stations in the capital. The rerun appears likely to have uh, not have any significant effects on the consump- uh, composition, that is, of Parliament's lower house, but the federal commun- constitutional court ruled that the election must be repeated in 455 of the 2,256 precincts in the city. Their top elections officials said a new vote would be held on February the 11th. Uh, can you imagine election fraud taking place? I mean, just think about that. Fox News reporting Kentanji Brown-Jackson has been slapped with an ethics complaint. A conservative policy group has filed a complaint against the Supreme Court justice for willfully omitting required income dis- disclosures for years while serving on the federal bench. Center for Renewing America, that's a think tank led by former senior Trump White House official Russ Vaught, sent a letter to the uh, the Judicial Conference with allegations that Jackson willfully failed to disclose required information about her husband's malpractice consulting income for more than a decade. The letter suggests that the Judicial Conference should refer Jackson's possible ethics violations to the Attorney General for investigation and possible civil enforcement. The Daily Caller is reporting that a Trump-appointed federal judge has temporarily halted removal proceedings for the Confederate Memorial at Arlington National Cemetery that began Monday. A Defend Arlington filed a lawsuit in federal court in Alexandria, Virginia, on Sunday for a temporary restraining order. Uh, work had already begun to remove the bronze elements of the memorial in accordance with the recommendations in the congressionally mandated Naming Commission's final report to scrub Department of Defense assets of any symbolism that could be seen to honor the Confederacy. Well, the Army began disassembling of the monument atop the Confederate memorial prior to the court issuing the temporary restraining order. Defend Arlington sued the Army and the Department of Defense and the district court in February to halt the removal. The removal will desecrate, damage, and likely destroy the memorial longstanding at Arlington as a grave marker and impede the memorial's eligibility for listing on the National Register of Historic Places, the lawsuit states. Well, mixed reaction here to what has been reported to be the Pope approving blessings for same-sex couples. Crosswalk.com mentions that evangelist Franklin Graham criticized Pope Francis for allowing Catholic priests to bless same-sex couples said so-called blessings from religious leaders won't save you from the judgment of God. Pope Francis has now approved Catholic priests blessing same-sex couples. Graham, who is the CEO of uh, Samaritan's Purse, wrote on Facebook, he said, but none of us, including the Pope, has the right to bless what God calls sin. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. The good news is that right now God will forgive sin, but we have to come to him his way and his terms by repenting of our sins and placing our faith in his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, he concluded. 
Otherwise, the Bible says the destruction of transgressors and sinners shall be together, and those who forsake the Lord shall be consumed. A quote from Isaiah chapter 1. LifeSiteNews.com indicates that uh, the notorious dissident pro-LGBT going by Father James Martin conducted his first blessing of a gay couple at his Jesuit residence in New York City following the release of Pope Francis' new document. He publicized the blessing in a post on X saying, Dear friends, I was honored to bless my friends Jason and Damien this morning in our Jesuit residence according to the new guidelines laid out by the Vatican for same-sex couples. But before this, I've been blessed by their friendship and support. It was really nice to be able to do that publicly, he said. Well, they're going after Chick-fil-A again, folks. Todd Starnes reports, uh, yes, Chick-fil-A is under attack. Lawmakers are considering legislation that would force the popular chicken restaurant to open its doors on Sundays. While there is nothing objectionable about a fast food restaurant closing on a particular day of the week, service areas dedicated to travelers is an inappropriate location for such a restaurant, the legislation states. It's been a common practice for Chick-fil-A to close on Sundays so staffers can attend church services and spend time with their families. The company owned by an evangelical Christian family, they have long been the targets of anti-Christian activists who oppose their religious beliefs. The New York legislation would require all food service facilities at rest stops to remain open seven days a week, and the bill is intentionally targeting Chick-fil-A. You know, as you've gone by these centers, uh, you know, that are down uh, on on the highways, usually multiple restaurants that are there along the way. And, And if you can force this, you know, I've been traveling through some of these late at night, and they've been closed down. Would we have to make a law as well saying, no, you must be open 24-7? The Daily Signal is reporting more and more Army soldiers are re-enlisting after being discharged for refusing the COVID-19 shot, according to information shared with the Daily Signal. The increase comes after Congress repealed the Pentagon's vaccine mandate and conservative lawmakers applied pressure to Defense Department leaders to be more welcoming of 8,400 service members who were fired for their refusal to get the shot. Well, as of October, only 19 soldiers had returned to the Army. That number grew to 57 this month. Even though the number tripled over the past two months, it represents only 3% of the over 1,900 soldiers who were kicked out of the Army under its vaccine mandate. The vaccine-related dismissals combined with recruiting woes have led to staffing concerns in the military's three branches, Army, Air Force, and Navy, that missed their recruiting targets for 2023. The Army recruited 55,000, but its goal was 65,000, falling short by 10,000 active-duty soldiers. Okay, a couple more stories here, friends. Uh, The Children's Health Defense reporting that prepping for disease X, the Gatesback Group funds needle-free mRNA vaccine wafer technology. The Coalition for Epidemic Preparedness Innovations is partnering with uh, uh, the uh, Duarta Thin Film Incorporated to develop a wafer-like mRNA film that can be stored at room temperature and taken under the tongue for needle-free vaccine, vaccine delivery. Partnership will begin with a $1.2 million investment to help them develop its proprietary vaccine platform, which the company says stabilizes mRNA-containing lipid nanoparticle vaccine technologies in a thin film. They'd be able to store this at room temperature, remain stable for three years. That would eliminate the need for energy-intensive cold storage required by the current mRNA vaccines. And then the Vaccine Reaction is reporting that vaccinations are often associated with needles and syringes, but that may change because uh, the pharmaceutical industry has uh, continued to receive large amounts of funding from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, as well as the U.S. government's health agencies to develop innovative vaccine administration techniques without the use of a syringe. Last month, the Gates Foundation, along with the NIH and Department of Defense, awarded some $31 million in grants to various pharmaceutical companies to advance the manufacturing of needle-free vaccine uh, uh, systems. And uh, they're talking about not only these uh, microwave patches for decades, but now they're talking even about uh, delivering it via ultrasound. News outlets reported the researchers at Oxford University successfully developed a needle-free vaccine delivered through the skin via ultrasound. The lead researcher, Darcy Dunn-Lawless, 
and his colleagues mixed vaccine molecules with tiny cup-shaped molecules, made a protein that applied in the liquid mixture to the skin of mice. The ultrasound was then able to push the mixture into the upper layers of the skin. Interesting technology and things that are going on in that regard. Friends, we're going to open our phone lines here today on Crosstalk. Our phone number here, 800-733-9829. If you want to comment on these or other current event stories, I'd like to get your reaction to Colorado uh, disqualifying former President Trump from being on the ballot here for uh, the upcoming uh, primary in the state of Colorado. Uh, Get your thoughts on that. And, well, we covered lots of other topics here today as well. Our number, 800 733 9829. By the way, in July, this is Washington Journal, an NBC News poll showed that Americans' perception of the FBI has soured considerably over a five-year period, and uh, but now it's uh, perhaps going to do so even further because there's a leaked email allegedly sent from the FBI's Office of Diversity and Inclusion announced that it's replacing LGBT plus with now LGBTQIA plus as a Friday. The FBI has officially adopted the LGBTQIA acronym in place of LGBT+. This change was proposed by the Bureau Equality, one of nine diversity advisory committees, and approved by the FBI uh, executive management to help promote a more welcoming workplace for members of our LGBTQIA plus community, the reported email read. I think the FBI has got to get their act together on many, many, many other issues, don't they? Our phone number today for Crosstalk, 800-733-9829, 800-733-9829. We begin in Phoenix, Arizona with Dave. Hi, Dave. You're on the air. Hi, Jim. Uh, I just want to say thank you for all of the information you put out. Um, we really rely on it because uh, the mainstream media just doesn't have it. So uh, I always like to listen to you and Brandon House and Usama Dakdak and and everything, and I appreciate uh, all the people you have on your program. Great. Well, God bless thank, you. Thank, thank you very much. Thanks for taking have time to call. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye now. Okay. Our number is 800-733-9829, 800-733-9829. Uh, by the way, Daily Caller is reporting a federally funded home visiting program advises service providers to watch for signs of abuse. Watch for signs of abuse against gender-diverse children, citing parents who deny their children, their young child, the right to cross-dress as an example. It's the Maternal Infant and Early Childhood Home Visiting Program that's invited to combat abuse and neglect while promoting positive parenting and school readiness among pregnant people and families with young children who are at risk for poor maternal and child health outcomes. One document titled, Parental Acceptance of Gender Expression in Young Children tells home visitors it's important for them to recognize and address the abuse and neglect that may result either directly or indirectly from rejection of a child's gender expression. Abuse need not be overt, it explains, but can look like denying a child the right to play, dress, and act like they would. Wow. We'll be back in one minute. We'll pick up some more of your calls here. Our number, 800-733-9829. This is Crosstalk on VCY America. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. Matthew 25, Jesus is separating the sheep from the goats. Now don't confuse Matthew 25 with Revelation 20, the great white throne judgment. That's where he judges the dead. This is Matthew 25, where he's judging the Gentile nations that have come out of the tribulation. He's separating the sheep from the goats. And he commends those sheep who ministered to his brethren. I was in prison, and you visited me. I was sick, right? And you cared for me. I was thirsty. You gave me water. Remember that? Well, that passage is used to promote social justice. It's not about social justice. He said, you'd ministered to my brethren. In the Greek strong, we find out that the brethren is the Jews. You know how hard it is today to stand up for the Jewish people since October 7th with the rise of anti-Semitism? We've not seen anything compared to what's going to happen during the tribulation. Jesus isn't saying you're saved because you helped the Jews. 
You help the Jews because you're saved. This is Crosstalk on VCY America. We're doing a News Roundup Thursday here today. And trust you'll be able to join us for our Christmas-related program tomorrow here on Crosstalk. Uh, we're going right back to the phone lines. Our number 800-733-9829. Karen in Pennsylvania, you're on the air. Yes, I was just wondering, if they don't add uh, Donald Trump's name to the ballot, does that mean that people can't put it on as a write-in? On uh, their own? Oh, I'm just wondering. I'm sure people can still put in as a write-in, but it's not going to have the impact uh, right. of, of uh, a name that's already printed there. People have to think to remember to put that on there. I, You know, seeing a write-in candidate uh, have any sort of measurable success, is, uh, it, it doesn't have too good of a track record across the nation. Yeah, I agree. I was just wondering that could, you know, at least they could do that, but that's a matter of prayer that it stays on there, so... And what, what's going to happen? Try anything. Yeah, and there, there's a number of states that are you know watching what happens here in Colorado, and if it's allowed to stand, uh, we're going to see like dominoes the number of states that were going to uh, rule against having his name on the ballot. Uh, and they keep saying you know because of his leading the insurrection, they, they, this was not an insurrection. This was not an insurrection, yeah. and he's not been found guilty of exactly. being an insurrectionist. Right, I agree. He hasn't been found of anything. It's jumping the gun. There's someone leading this, so people need to speak up. Thank you, Karen. Our number is 800-733-9829. Becky in New Berlin, Wisconsin, you're on the air. Hi, Jim. Um, I just can't tell you how saddened my heart is with the popes coming out with blessing same-sex marriages, or not marriages, same-sex couples. Mm -hmm. And it just just shows how satanic... um, the papacy has become. Yeah, yeah. And and that's something that was being pointed out, too, uh, by Franklin Graham, is that how can you bless something that, that God has condemned such relationships? Exactly. It, you know, and like you said, woe to them. I mean, God mm-hmm. said, if you lead any of my little ones astray, it'd be better if you weren't born. Thank you, Becky, for your call. Thank you. We've got Renee next in Tennessee. Renee, you're on the air. Yes, I just wanted to comment about the vaccine being available possibly through uh, a membrane under or thin membrane under the tongue. I just wonder how long it's going to be before they start slipping it in everyone's food. Thank you. That's all. Thank you. And well, there are experiments going on with that of mRNA going into food supply. Uh, uh, certain leafy products, in particular, uh, that's that's been underway for some time and. And uh, you're right, there, there is great concern for many in that regard. And uh, taking your calls here today on Crosstalk, we're going next to Mason, who is calling. Uh, next, hi, Mason, you're on the air. Hey, I overheard you guys talking about, like, the gay stuff. And I overheard it's a sin to be gay. Is that true? Yeah, God has called it sin, yes. He calls it an abomination. Abomination of sin to be gay. So why these kids out here, the grown-ups, attempting their kids to be gay? Yeah, we, we are not born that way. We are not born that way. Uh, God created Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Perhaps you've heard that before. But uh, God has not created them way that way. These are choices that are being made. There's no gay gene uh, that, that uh, has been uh, established. But God condemns the sin of homosexuality. But he has such love for homosexuals, Mason, that he sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to be born as a babe, to enter into this world, to take the sins of this world upon himself, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He died, he was buried, he rose again, and has with open arms welcoming those who will call upon the name of the Lord to be saved. And that's the good news. Thanks for taking time to call. Uh, Becky is next in Moss. Uh, Becky, go ahead. You're on the air. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Um, I just wanted to comment on the write-in candidates. I was a poll worker last year and learned that not everyone who writes, you know, if you put in a write-in candidate, it has to be on an approved list in Wisconsin first hmm. before it can even count. So if I don't know how it is in other states, but just because you put in a write-in candidate, 
So, say in Colorado, they could possibly not approve him as a write-in candidate. And knowing the measure that they approved, uh, you know, to strip him from the ballot, that would not surprise me that they would not allow him to be an official write-in candidate as well. Right, but I just wanted people to know that, yeah, just because you write somebody in, you have to ask who the approved people are, which I think is silly, but um, that's the rules. (laughs) Thank you, Becky, for sharing that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye now. Uh, Lorraine in Tucson, Arizona, you're on the air. Yes, I just wanted to say parents have a responsibility to protect and to teach their children God's ways, mm-hmm. not man's. Indeed, indeed. Thank you for your call here today. We do have that responsibility, and friends, that's why it, it's so in, important for us to to uh, follow doing that, to, to talk about the things of God when we sit in our house, when we lie down, when we get up uh, throughout the day as well. Uh, we see that uh, you know, the the people during the time of Joshua, Joshua declared us for me and my house will serve the Lord. And all the people said, yay, man, yes, we're with you, Joshua. Yeah, you know, we're here. We're going to follow the Lord. And as you go to Judges chapter 2, verse 10, sadly, we learn about the, after that generation had passed, you raised another generation who knew not God. They didn't know about God's name. They didn't know about his wonderful works that he had done. And uh, that behooves us as parents to be faithful in bringing our children up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. It starts at home. Uh, we don't. This is not something that we point out. There are others who can come alongside to assist us, but that direct responsibility lies on, upon uh, the parents of that child to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So thank you for that uh, very important reminder here today. Let me just close with a positive story from LifeSiteNews.com, a great story here. Pro-Life Pregnancy Resource Centers provided nearly $360 million in services and goods in one year, according to a new report. It's the Hope for a New Generation 2022 report, a collaboration of Charlotte Lozier Institute, CareNet, Heartbeat International, National Institute of Family and Life Advocates, from some to over 2,700 centers, and wow, a staggering nearly $360 million worth of goods and services, whereby we see the coffers of Planned Parenthood on the grow and getting involved in, in uh, now the trans hormone business as well. We see these uh, pregnancy care centers who care about women, want to see life preserved, that are donating nearly $360 million worth of goods and services in 2022. For those of you that are working in these pregnancy care centers, thank you for your work. Thank you for your efforts to save life. God bless you, folks. Thanks for joining us today. Lord willing, tomorrow we'll be focusing on Christmas on this program. Trust you'll join us then. God bless you. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from BCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. Or download by RSS or podcast from crosstalkamerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.